0: Everybody and welcome back to New Books in Jewish Studies. I'm Jason Schulman. We've got a great show for you today. My guest is Daniela Doron, who teaches at Monash University. Here to talk about her new book, Jewish Youth and Identity in Post-War France: Rebuilding Family and Nation, published in 2015 by Indiana University Press. Daniela, welcome to New Books in Jewish Studies.
1: Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: It's great to have you. So, Daniela, you do this in the introduction, which is which is very helpful. Uh, maybe you can do it briefly for us here. Um set the stage for us. What are the key points to know about pre-World War II French Jewish history?
1: Sure. Um well, I think that um, French Jewry was never a homogenous entity. Um it was all since the 19th century um divided between kind of long-standing um Let's, let's call them Republican Jews, French citizens um, of, of the Jewish faith, um, who were strong adherents of republicanism, but what we also know from the literature is never that they never um, fully adhered to the republican ethos in that they also saw themselves as Jews. And in addition, we had, um, immigrants, Eastern European immigrants moved to France over the course of the 19th century and into the 20th century, who had their own ideas about Jewish ethnicity, Jewish politics, Jewish religiosity, which, which often, um, came into conflict with the established Jewish community. And so it was very much a varied and variegated um, French jury, and that really um, continued to be the case into into the war time, um, and then during the war, um, as has been well established, um, around seventy two thousand Jews were deported, deported and murdered. Um, around two thousand, roughly between two to three thousand came back from the concentration camps. Um, in terms of children, who are often the main protagonists of my story, um, they too were victims of deportation. But also around eight to 10,000 Jewish children were hidden, hidden with um, French foster families and institutions during the war. And this was done um, both by Jewish agencies, French resistor agencies, resistance agencies, and also desperate Jewish families, um, desperate to um, ensure the safety of their children. And so my story picks up in the immediate aftermath of the war.
0: Right. So you, you say that the fall of France in 1940 served as the greatest challenge to French Jews' faith in French equality and liberalism. So tell us how the war was a turning point in the idea of France. Sure.
1: Well, the Vichy state brought into focus that um, Republicanism could not ensure the safety of French Jews. Um, The Vichy was a betrayal of Republicanism. Um, And for those French Jews who had, been, as one historian had said, um, zealots of the republic, some began began to question their um, unmitigated uh, fidelity to republicanism. And um, we see that in some of the memoirs um, that were published in the aftermath of the war, that Vichy and World War II truly served as um a shock, not just a danger, but a, a shock to French Jews. Um and I think they really began to come to grips with that um in the war's wake.
0: You touched on this, but w- what happens to the to the children um in France um and what kind of numbers are we talking about, by the way?
1: So during the war is your question. Yes. Uh, Well, you know, we don't have... That's a very good question because we don't exactly know the numbers. It's all what I would say is a a guesstimate. Um, But children either went into hiding with their families, right? Um, Or they were deported um, with their families. Um. First, they were placed in detention centers and then deported eastward, upon which the vast, vast, vast majority were murdered um, upon um, and during the death camps. Um, Or they were placed in hiding. Um, Some were placed um, with French families, French foster families who rescued them. Others were placed in French Catholic institutions. And they, and this was done, as I said, either by Jewish resistance and rescue organizations or by, or privately by French Jewish parents or Jewish parents. Um, and there they had to adhere to a fictional name, a fictional biography, um, and keep their um, Jewish identity a secret. Um, And this doesn't mean that they necessarily stayed with the same family um, or the same institution throughout the war. Sometimes they did, but sometimes they had to move um, based on changing local conditions. Um, So if you put yourself in the perspective of a young child, this is not only an incredibly trying experience because these children were severed from their parents. Um, and their families, but they also had to keep up a story, which is, of course, rather difficult um, for children. And some of these families, and, and again, their experiences differed, right? Some of these families were truly loving um, and treasured these children. Some, and in other cases, um, these familial situations and environments were more trying.
0: Right. So The War Ends, and the book is about the post-war effort to uh, rehabilitate Jewish children and reconstruct Jewish families. Um, So before we get into the details, how does writing about the family and childhood uh, in post-war French Jewish history sort of change the story that you started with?
1: Sure. I mean, so I was hoping by writing about children and families, I could both reframe how we understand French Jewish history. And also reframe how we understand modern Jewish history. And what I try to do is show, in terms of French Jewish history and French Jewish historiography, that by focusing on children and families, it's not just a minor aspect of French Jewish reconstruction. In fact, if we look at efforts to rehabilitate children and families, then that gives us a lens. Through which to understand the evolving priorities um, of the French Jewish community in terms of reconstruction, and it sounds like a cliche, but you know, children are, are the future, right? Um, right? And so, and so, it it does um, the efforts on behalf of children and families cut to the core of um, French Jewish. Rebuilding. And when I first started getting into the archives, not quite knowing exactly what the topic of my dissertation would be, because this book first started as a dissertation, what I was struck by was the overwhelming focus on children. Um, that was not something I expected. I expected to write a book about familial re- reconstruction. And when I went into the archives, I saw that, in fact, that was not. The material wasn't there. The material was on children. Um, So so by writing about children and families, as I said, I I tried to kind of um, write a story about French Jewish reconstruction, but I also am interested in modern Jewish history and modern Jewish historiography more generally. And what I try to show in this book is that um, writing the history of families Speaks to um, evolving ideas about citizenship and Jewish ethnicity. That families and nation are imbricated categories, and so to write a history of the family is not just is not just about families, but it's also to write a history, uh, a political history and a cultural history, and so those were um, that was my interest writing about children and families, both within French Jewish history and in modern Jewish history more
0: generally. Just to pick up on that, um, you know, when you say that that ideas about the family are tied to national identity or ethnicity and citizenship, um, this is sort of at the level of ideas, right? I mean, how does that work exactly? And what's particularly French about this story?
1: Sure. I mean, so I... um, Well, you know, I think it's both a transnational story and also a national story. And so when we look, when I tried to look at how both French bureaucrats and French families spoke, French non-Jewish families spoke about the idea of family versus how Jewish activists and Jewish families spoke about um, the institution of family, I saw that. French non-Jews spoke about the institution of family through Republican ideals. So let me give you a very concrete example. One of my chapters is about um, custody disputes over orphaned youth. And French bureaucrats and these French Jewish foster families often insisted, well, any family is appropriate to raise a Jewish child um, and French bureaucrats in particular um, placed faith in the French nation as a sufficient sufficient emotional anchor for children who had been denationalized um, by war, uprooted, um, displaced by war, whereas Jewish activists often privileged Jewish ethnicity. As, so for instance, they would say, well, in fact, Jew, while a family is ideally great and would be the ideal environment to raise a child, if that family is not Jewish, these children should be raised in a Jewish children's home. So these ideas about family were often framed through ideas about citizenship and um and ethnicity.
0: Right. Uh, Europe had just been decimated. How did the economic you know, conditions impact the discussion.
1: Right. So, I mean, that's a very important backdrop. So Europe had been decimated. And of course, um, French Jews had not only been emotionally decimated, but economically decimated as well. They had lost their homes. They had lost their possessions. Um, Many Jews in France um, in 1944 and 1945 were rebuilding with nothing, um, and for that reason, um, the vast majority of children who had been placed in children's homes had parents, either one parent or two parents. And you know, for very understandable reasons, these parents didn't have the financial resources or the emotional wherewithal to care for their children at that time. now So that's the backdrop um, for actually the vast majority of these children being placed in children's homes. But what we see is that Jewish activists, who of course knew this, but at the same time were acutely concerned that the fact that these children were being placed in children's homes um, spoke to this crisis of the family in the post-war years and we see a lot of anxiety that the that the Jewish family um was falling apart and could not care for its children um after the war and hence the Jewish community had to take over whether it's by building children's homes or by um coming up with all sorts of um initiatives such as sleepaway camps, such as a Jewish community center, to make sure that Jewish children received a Jewish education and a Jewish identity, if the parents could not um, provide for that, which is what um, Jewish activists fear. So, you know, in that sense, again, this idea of ethnicity and the importance of um, rebuilding Jewish ethnicity framed um, this anxiety about families and ideas about the family in the aftermath of the war.
0: Before we get into the specific chapters, I just want to ask you uh, briefly, it seems like some, you know, most of the main characters belong to a class of professionals, um, Jewish social workers, child welfare experts, communal leaders, psychologists. Um, Why did they become so important during this time? and And where were they during the war? I was curious about that
1: okay, so that's a very good question. So during the war, many of these pe- you know many of these people have heroic stories um i couldn't help but admire um my my protagonists. Um, so many of these people were affiliated um with rescue agencies or child welfare agencies during the war that engaged in the rescue and the hiding of Jewish children. Um, so many of these protagonists were, you know, personally responsible for you know, rescuing, rescuing hundreds of children or, or overseeing their rescue. And then, um, and some of these people are French or they're Central-Eastern European Jews who had migrated to France in the 1920s and the 1930s and then find themselves continue to find themselves in France in the 1940s. And so in the aftermath of the war, they continue to be committed to the welfare of children um, and they continue to be employed by these major Jewish child welfare agencies.
0: Chapter one is about um, how Jewish children functioned uh, as a means of memory in the wake of the Holocaust. Tell us what's going on in that chapter and then tell us specifically about the, uh, the week of the martyred Jewish child.
1: Right. Okay. So in this first chapter, what I try to do in the book as a whole is narrate the evolving priorities of the French Jewish community. And what we see in that first chapter is that one, um, French Jews are acutely concerned about retrieving Jewish children, um, for French jury and you know i argue that that concern actually spoke to this issue of anxiety about the jewish community being demographically depleted by the war um and they try to represent or discuss jewish children's experiences during the war and what i show is that um by discussing Jewish children's, quote unquote, martyrdom. And that was often the the term used, including in this kind of one initiative that I um, discussed the week of the murdered Jewish child. French Jews attempted to disentangle the Jewish experience of genocide from the more universal French experience of suffering. And so by highlighting the murder, of children, French Jews were trying to discuss genocide, the genocide of European Jewry. And the reason why the Week of the Martyred Jewish Child is such an important part of that story, um, well, let me explain what the Week of the Martyred Jewish Child was. So, it was an initiative by Jewish child welfare agencies to publicly represent Jewish children's quote-unquote wartime suffering. And basically what ended up happening was that, that these Jewish agencies first started, um, planning this week in which they would have all sorts of events in which they would just discuss Jewish children's wartime experiences. And then this national week called the National Week, um, of, um, of, 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 of French children or suffering French children, um, objected to the Jewish week because you couldn't, to them, from their perspective, you could not separate Jewish children from French children. So basically what ended up happening is that this thereby sparked a fight amongst Jewish agencies. Should they be part of the Jewish week? Should they jump ship and join the French week? Some did jump ship, some did not. The Jewish week did, in fact, take place. But what I try to show is that in trying to discuss the genocide of the Jews, French Jews encountered a universalizing discourse. And for that reason, it was very difficult for a for specific memory of the Holocaust to take root and to be publicly accepted in the aftermath of the war.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, in chapter 2, you touched on this earlier, the court battles, uh, custody, um, you know, what What should happen to these um, French Jewish children. Who is fighting whom in, this, in, the, in some of these stories? Um, it seems like there are a lot of participants uh, and the axes aren't always clear. So just give us a sense of that.
1: Sure, there are lots of participants. So we have, on the one hand, Jewish child welfare activists who are trying to um, ensure that these Orphan children are placed in a Jewish setting. You have the French state, which is actually the official guardian of these children, and it is the French state who makes the decision as to where these children should be placed. You have French foster families who in many cases um, love the children who have been living with them for years and in some cases are reticent to give up custody of the children. Um, you have Jewish relatives of the children who in some cases want, want custody, in some cases are not quite sure what to do with the children. Um, some of these cases became rather heated and the children, and in some cases, the children preferred to stay with their French foster families. And in those cases, it wasn't so clear to the guardians how best to resolve um, this heated issue. Um, And you have also Catholic um, observers who also try to have a say um, in terms of where these children should be placed. Um, so you're right, there are lots of different actors, and that's because these cases became rather heated. And um, and it wasn't clear to anyone what was the best solution for, for these children.
0: Right. I want to move to Chapter 5, um, which looks a little bit later uh, into the early 1950s. So it seems that after, you know, sort of you know, five to ten years of working through these issues, There seems to be some sort of emergence of unity, um, and there are there's the JCCs, the youth groups. Tell us, sort of, what what is the turning point, um, and and what happens?
1: Sure. So in this chapter, we see the Jewish community shift from immediate relief and rehabilitation to longer term planning. Um, And what we see in this chapter is that. The idea of youth being unaffiliated with the French Jewish community, the idea of parents not being able to properly care for their, quote unquote, properly care for their children or give their children a Jewish identity, scared Jewish communal leaders. And it's that anxiety, that fear that pushed French-Jewish leaders to begin to work together. And again, we have to remember that the French-Jewish community, both before the war and after the war, was rife with political divisions, Zionist, communist, religious, um, orthodox. So, you know, there are lots of circulating, contested visions of kind of the future French Jewry. And so rather than continuing to fight it out as they had in the interwar years, in the postwar years, we begin to see French Jewish agencies work together. And what I try to show in this chapter is how um, they began to work together on behalf of affiliating children. And so the beginning of the chapter really begins with continued sectarian divisions. But by the end of the chapter, let's say around 1955, when they start to build a Jewish community center, we really see um, successful efforts at Jewish communal solidarity on behalf of Jewish children.
0: And then it sort of worked out well in that they, they took what they had learned and applied it a decade later when they had all this, all these, um, North African um, Jews who immigrated. Is that right?
1: So that's what I try to show in this story, that rather than looking at the immigration of North African Jews or at or at the efforts of American Jewish relief and rehabilitation agencies at creating solidarity amongst French Jews, so rather than looking outside, right, immigration um, from North Africa or the efforts of a, of the joint the American Joint Distribution committee, community, committee, rather we see that in the between 1945 and 1955, French Jews themselves were trying to um, inch towards solidarity and towards communal um, cohesion, and so all of the themes that we see um, really. In the forefront of um, the French Jewish community in the in 1950s onwards, um, when French when North French um, when North African Jews moved to begin moving to France, were really percolating in the immediate aftermath of the war. So yes, I do think it did um, it did serve them well in the long run.
0: You know, we've had on the show um, Maude Mandel, um, Kimberly Arkin, uh, Sarah Abravaya Stein. Is there a renaissance in French Jewish studies going on right now?
1: I hope so. I think so. <laughs> um, I, when I first started graduate school, there were very few people working on French Jewish history. There was Paula Hyman, um, most famously, and um, the work of Maud Mandel um, absolutely influenced me and um, influenced this book. But it was a small group. But now when I go to the Association for Jewish Studies, um, we're a rather large cohort. We're a a growing cohort. And there are more and more graduate students um, drifting into French Jewish history. And that's become a really exciting um, development.
0: What do you hope your um, book sort of... Contributes to or starts a, a broader conversation about the history of the Jewish family.
1: I think that's a very good question, and I think what I hope to do, and that what I hope to do in this book, is to show that um, the history of the Jewish family needs more scholarly attention. Um, French Jewish historians have written about gender. Rather well. The French Jewish family has received attention by social historians and they've made rather important scholarly contributions, but it hasn't received very much attention by political and by cultural historians. And that's, in essence, what I was trying to do with this book that ideas about the family also to ideas about Jewish ethnicity and national identity. And so how Jewish families were formed and reformed, how they fell apart, how they were tried to to be rebuilt, speaks to evolving ideas about Jewish identity. And so the family is not an organic unit it's one that's constantly consciously built and rebuilt and one that's national. and ideas about the family are also nationally specific. In this case, I was telling a very French story that was inflected by ideas about republicanism. If I moved this story over to the United States, it would take a very different shape.
0: Well, Danielle, we've taken up a lot of your time. So, any parting thoughts you'd like to share, and uh, what are you working on next?
1: Um, well, um, I'm still interested in the history of childhood, and I'm still interested in um, the history of the family. And so now I'm working on the migration of Jewish unaccompanied youth um, from Eastern Europe to the United States from the end of the 19th century into the post World War II period, um, and I came to this idea actually by noticing, by being firmly convinced that ideas about the family are nationally or nation nationally specific. And when I was looking at my American Jewish sources, they wildly disagreed with French Jews about the institution of family. So I'd like to see how these ideas about the family um, emerged over time and emerged through um, the. The cooperation and also the friction um, between American Jewish agencies and European Jewish agencies over the care of Jewish youth.
0: Daniela, that sounds like a great project. I want to thank you for being on the show today. The book is. Thank Jewish you so youth- much.
1: I really appreciate
0: it. Sure. The book is Jewish Youth and Identity in Postwar France: Rebuilding Family and Nation, published in 2015 by Indiana University Press. The author is Daniela Doron. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.